0: Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, season two, episode 14. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business, Again, I can say that because, again, tonight it's just going to be a, uh, well, a very one-on-one episode between myself and the listeners. Um, don't worry. The full panel will be back on deck uh, next week as we dig into all things NRL and Rugby League. But let's get into it. Uh, plenty to preview. A really impressive round, um, looking ahead to round three. But before we skip past it, let's jump into your question uh, questions. Um, again, continue to please send them through, diving into the DMs, which team was the most impressive in round two is the question. Well, I guess, you know, one of the good things about jumping on the pod one-on-one is I get to celebrate all things Newcastle Knights. And I tell you what, it has been a very, very long time since the Newcastle Knights have been first on the ladder. So I'm I'm going to take it. I'm going to run with it. Newcastle Knights, 26, defeating West Tigers four. Really, really impressive. And, you know, we, we can talk, you know, a lot about what happened on the day and obviously, can't get too crazy because of where the West Tigers are at at the moment, but you know it's it's you know a lot of it's got to do with the players that weren't there. Um, again, we speak about no Daniel Saifidi. losing him to start the season is massive for Newcastle. You know David Klemmer was also out; he was a late withdrawal. I've been a little bit critical of Clem in the past. I feel like he kind of. Um, you know, was, was sort of backing into to plays, and you know, obviously the Saifidi brothers are just kind of stepped past him as a forward as a player, but really did start the season really really strong and um, had some impressive performances. So that was that was a big blow, and then I, I guess the big one, no Kalen Ponga. So I think there'd be a few sad punters out there who once you see Kalen Ponga pull out. And those juicy odds that were out there for the West Tigers. Um, yeah, everyone jumped off the bandwagon of the Newcastle Knights, but they got the job done. Again, who was the standouts? Again, it's the Harves. It's Jake Clifford. Um, it's Adam Klune. Um, Again, it's a long season. Um, you know, we're going to talk about what things look like for the Knights heading into round three. They've got a much bigger test against Penrith. But, yeah, you've, you've got to take your hats off to Adam Clune and just goes to show that if you do simplify your game, how important that is, he's everything the Knights have needed over the past couple of seasons. He's steering the team around, not over complicating things. And then Jake Clifford really starting to show why he was touted as one of, you know, you know, one of the one of the most impressive juniors to come through the system. So anyway, we're celebrating pretty he- pretty hard here in the Hunter. Great job by the Newcastle Knights. But again, still early early days, but sitting at the top of the ladder, I could certainly get used to that. All right, well, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, The Breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like sh- through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, look, the rugby league, it's here. We're, we're moving into round three. And the only thing better is... Local derbies And that's what we've got In our feature game We've got the St. George Illawarra Dragons Coming up against The Cronulla Sharks I guess you know One of the things That I've learnt um, You know over the years Following the NRL Is when this particular Clash Comes up The Dragons Versus the Sharks Just throw out The form guide Because anything Can happen So you know On paper Both teams have been Quite impressive um, The Dragons Have been probably um, You know the, the, the biggest surprise Of the season But yeah, look, regardless, anytime the Dragons and Sharks play, it's going to be close. It's going to be tight. Any team can win. Let's focus in on the St. George Illawarra Dragons because, again, this is what we spoke about last week with their side. You know, they are... And I guess this is something that, that their fans are hoping. This could be the Penrith Panthers model, and it's not getting spoken about enough. You know, one of the the things that a lot of the teams like the Dragons have suffered with is they have had, you know, I, I guess, groups of impressive juniors come through the system, but they've really struggled to keep them together. I guess we're all sitting back just wondering how the Dragons have been able to keep all of these impressive young players, Tyrell Sloan, Cody Ramsey, Zach Lomax, um, Talatai, Junior Ramon, um, you know, just to name a few. It's 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 so impressive. And, again, you you think about where this team can be in three or four or even five years' time. I, I think, you know, the Dragons, they're, they're in a really impressive place. Um, look, shout-out to Anthony Griffin to Hook. Uh, you know, there was a lot of... Criticism um, that was sent his way because it was seen as a bit of a, a moneyball approach to the way in which he's built this football team. He was going out and get, getting players on the cheap. Um, I guess you know people sort of poked fun at him for sort of going back to his old uh, Brisbane players. But you know it, it's really starting to make sense how Hook has really tried to you know build this football team. He has committed to keeping all of his juniors which has been great and then he sort of scattered them with some really experienced players so look um you know he's copped a lot of criticism over the last couple of years but i think hook needs to take a lot of credit because you know a team that we thought would be impressive in three or four years time is being competitive um you know at the moment which is really really impressive let's run our eye over the team and pick out some impressive players um look we've got to we've got to stick with ben hunt you know he's a He's a guy who, you know, he's had the big million-dollar price tag for, for quite a few years, and I think that's applied a significant of unfair pressure on Ben. If he was on slightly any money, I think everyone would be happy with him. But, you know, I've got to say, Ben's performances last year, I, I thought was really, really impressive for the Dragons. And let's not forget, any time this guy puts on a Queensland Maroons jersey, he just lifts, you know, whether that's coming off the bench, playing at hooker, um, he's you know he's been an absolute star at that representative level. So... Um, You know, it's no surprise, you know, players, they warm into it, um, you know, as they get later in their career in the halves. And Ben Hunt, um, yeah, impressive, impressive player. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Dragons do you know, do they re-sign him? You know, what is what does that kind of look like? Because, you know, you've got young Sullivan coming through who, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, they're sort of trying to work with him as a dummy half at the moment. His future's in the halves. Uh, but, again, at the moment, him sort of schooling and working with Junior Ramon, it's, um, yeah, really, really impressive. Um, the other key, um, I guess, highlights for the Dragons is their ability to play down both edges. Uh, Moses Suli, I think, still warming to the task. I think we still haven't seen the best of him you know, we're all just waiting for him to absolutely explode, um, in a, in a dragon's uniform. And then Zach Lomax, you know, we know how talented he is. So look, the dragons, they're looking really, really good. And you talk about Moneyball. some of these players who are on smaller contracts, they're really coming to the party and and performing really, really well. So, um, dragons, they're going to be formidable heading into this one. Let's flip it over now and let's talk about, uh, the Cronulla sharks because, Again, you know, I think Matty Johns was sort of on the bandwagon around, you know, one of the teams that could probably, you know, push up into the ladder uh, was the Cronulla Sharks. And, you know, all of that stems off the back of Nico Hines and Dale Finucane. So, you know, for me, you know, a lot of discussion is going to be around Nico. Um, I had massive concerns that there just wasn't a big time player that could play halfback, uh, whilst Nico played as a running 58 had had big concerns but we underestimated him he has just taken charge they've thrown him in the in the in the number seven jersey um he's doing everything out there would i like to see him play five8 with a dominant halfback with a dominant halfback yes uh, but he has been really really impressive part of that has been Matt Moylan's performance at 58 now again we could have a one hour long podcast to talk about the Uh, The man, the myth, the legend of of Matt Moylan. Uh, Such such an interesting player dating back to his Penrith Panthers days. You know, I guess one of the things that we have to remember when it comes to Matt Moylan is he has not lost any of his talent. Um, You know, it's just been injuries and his ability to stay on the park. If we, you know, touch wood, fingers crossed, if we can see Matt Moylan stay on the football field for the rest of the season, what does that mean for Nico Hines? Because a fit and firing Matt Moylan... And the way in which Nico Hines is approaching his first season there at Cronulla, you know that could be something really, really special. Um, and then obviously they they've got the depth there, um, you know, with with young Trindle um, in the background. So really, really impressive. Again, we've got to shout out Dale Finucane for his leadership. Um, Again, it's a bit of a a lazy narrative where they talk about sort of Melbourne Storm players going to other systems, sharing trade secrets, and then suddenly that team sort of rises. You know, definitely don't expect the Cronulla Sharks to necessarily win a competition this year. But, you know, you've you've seen improvement. Um, You've seen better accountability, better communication on the football field. You know, for me, over the last couple of seasons, the Cronulla Sharks have really struggled in good ball. You know, it just feels like they lose their head You know, it's almost as if they attack better, you know, when they're at the halfway line. So I I just feel like this team is slowly becoming better well-organized, and I think Craig Fitzgibbon, he's got to take a little bit of credit for that as well. Uh, Look, they're going to be up against it when it comes to the Dragons. Um, You know, the Dragons are in pretty good form. Um, Where where is this game going to be won? It's going to be the middle. Um, A player that I'd like to keep an eye on is um, is Talakai. I, I think... You know, there's been a few people that spoke about his potential. I think what Craig Fitzgibbon's going to be looking for is, um, you know, his time is now. He's really going to have to stand up. He's going to be coming up against a veteran pack in the Dragons. Um, who's going to win the battle of the middle? All right, well, there's no sitting on the fence here at Mojo. We've got to pick the local, local derby. Again, gamble responsibly, throw the form guide out. Uh, both of these teams teams can win this football game. Look, for me, I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm going to go with the Dragons. Um, you know, I just feel like the Sharks are a bit of a safer bet here, but there's just something about this Dragons team where, you know, if these junior star players can have an outing all together, um, which I haven't, I, you know, I just don't think they've, they've clicked completely yet. Um, I think the Dragons get, can get the job done there. So, Dragons get the job done there in the local derby. All right. Well, let's move forward now as we look at another massive clash. Uh, our next feature is the Parramatta Reals, uh will be taking on uh, the Melbourne Storm um, at home, Melbourne uh, at Amy Park. This is Saturday. You know, it, it's going to be a fascinating clash. Let's start with the uh, let's start with the Melbourne Storm because you know one of the one of the narratives that we've got to talk about is their injury crisis. And you know, again, last week I just said that whilst ever they have the spine together, I I just cannot back against the Melbourne Storm. Whilst ever you have Pappenhausen, Munster, Hughes, and Harry Grant, I just, you know, regardless of what's around them, and it gives you a little bit of a sneak peek into what the future of the Melbourne Storm could potentially look like because bills are about to be due. You know, they are going to have to front up the cash to keep these players. We're already talking about them trying to get Munster on a little bit less, They don't want to take too many chances there because Redcliffe, they'd be more than willing to pay overs for Cam Munster. So for me, I think we're dating back to the old Storm model. Um, I think we're going to be seeing some really big um, contracts getting thrown at their new big three. Uh, Munster, Hughes, Pappenhausen, Harry Grant, big four, um, and then what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to cut cut costs in and around them. So whilst this is going to be a bit of a challenging period for the Melbourne Storm with all of these injuries, I think it gives fans a little bit of an insight into what this team can look like over the next three, four, uh, five years. Look, we, we can't uh, we can't move any any further with the Melbourne Storm without shouting out Harry Grant. Did he just win the Kangaroos Australian number nine jersey? I think he did. He just brings so much. You know, Damien Cook, Harry Grant, they very much went toe-to-toe when it came to their attack. You could say still, um, you know, Damien Cook on his best day, probably a little bit ahead of Harry Grant, but the work that Harry Grant is getting through in the middle... He obviously led this forward's uh, pack in metres last week, which was which was incredible. Um, and you just feel like he's getting better and better. So, you know, one to watch is this Harry Grant situation because he could find himself as a starting number nine in the upcoming World Cup. Outstanding. Uh, so I mean, areas of improvement for the Melbourne Storm, well, it's pretty easy. Their, their pack is absolutely decimated. They're going to come up against some big forward packs throughout the, throughout the year, and they're going to lose that battle. So, um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how, how they can sort of handle it. Um, players to keep an eye on, Nelson and Sofa Solomona. You know, he's a player who has been an impact player off the bench. You know, he's been, you know, pretty impressive um, sort of coming in and starting, but It'll be really interesting to see whether he can maintain that performance because, you know, I guess the key to the Melbourne Storm at the moment outside of their spine and their big-time players is Nelson. Is he able to keep this team moving forward? Only time will tell. All right, well, let's flip it over to the Parramatta Reels. Uh, really interesting uh, really interesting performance there in round two. Uh, they went down in dramatic circumstances against the Cronulla Sharks. There is so much controversy. There is so much frustration in and around that game. But, look, against the Melbourne Storm, there's going to have to be no excuses. They're definitely going to have to play a more competitive a more complete performance. You know, there's a, there's a lot of blame to go around for their last start performance, but um, let's dig into some of the players that will really have to step up if they're going to, if they're going to cause the upset here. Um, you know, the Parramatta Reels, I think one of the things that makes them quite a, uh, quite a consistent performer, you know, why are the Parramatta Reels an automatic lock for the top four each and every year? It's because they've been able to keep their squad together, you know, and it's not, and it's not easy. You know, they're, you even look at the Melbourne Storm, who are in a similar situation, but with all their injuries, it's been very, very difficult for them. So, look, there's really no excuses for the Parramatta Eels to not take this opportunity and win this football game. These combinations of players, they've been playing together for years. You look at Clint Gutherson, you look at Dylan Brown, you look at Mitchell Moses, and you look at Reed Marnie in his last year before he goes to the Canterbury Bulldogs. The time is now for the Parramatta Eels. Um you know, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paulo, they should win the middle against the Melbourne Storm. So, you know, whilst, you know, the favouritism is going to go towards the Melbourne Storm, I think Parramatta have a massive chance here. And, you know, if they want to come out and and, and have a big statement performance, I think it's against the Melbourne Storm. So, um, for me, if I had to pick out a particular play to focus in on, it's got to be Reed Marnie. Um, I feel like he's getting better and better and, again, defies belief how they've let him go. I mean... There, there are just so few high quality number nines in the game. Once you've got one, you've got to lock him down. I don't, I don't care how much it costs. You know, it, it probably put a little bit of retention pressure on you in terms of you know Gutherson, Brown, Moses. But you know, letting Reed go anyway. That's going to be next year's Parramatta Reels' fault. Um, you know, they've really got to focus in on winning these games. Uh, look again, can't sit on the fence. Got to, got to make the prediction here. Oh. Look, I can't go against the Melbourne Storm with their spine. I just cannot do it, um, but I think it's going to be very, very close. I think the Melbourne Storm win by one point. Parramatta really show up here. I think that this is another thriller. Melbourne Storm by one, one, one point. A Ryan Pappenhausen field goal. All right, guys, let's dive into Rapid Fire, our final segment. And hey, We're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. It's your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, so the show. Chim- we're here. oh my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what he Yeah, and this week in Rapid Fire, well, we're going to power through the remaining games. And look, it's a very impressive uh, remainder of the of the draw for, I guess, and it doesn't matter whether you're a fan of a particular team, um, jump on the couch, get out to the games, buy yourself a membership because there's plenty of good football to be played. All right, on Friday night, we spoke about local Derby Dragons versus the Sharks. Let's move forward now to the Friday night where we see the West Tigers in the 6 o'clock game at home at Campbelltown coming up against the New Zealand Warriors. Wow, there is just so much pressure on this football team. Well, on both sides at the moment, in particular the West Tigers, you know, there's so much to unpack when it comes to the West Tigers at the moment, but, you know, the big theme of the week is this weird five-group leadership model. Is it working? Is it not? Well, the answer is no. I guess the big challenge they have at the moment is, you know, no, Jackson Hastings with this suspension is going to make things very, very difficult. For me, this is a football team where I think as much as fans and everyone's getting really angry that there isn't a clear leader. That's where Madge is at. He's really got to try and find, you know, one guy that can really step up. We know who it is. He's just on the sidelines at the moment. They miss Adam Dewey uh, so much. They're going to miss Jackson Hastings. This is going to be very difficult. But one little disclaimer when it comes to the West Tigers. They lose the games they should win, and they win the games they should lose. So a team that's under pressure, you know, the West Tigers could... They could come out and frustrate their fans and, and win by 20 points. That's the West Tigers. Uh, when it comes to the New Zealand Warriors, uh, really interesting to dig in on the press conference and a lot of the things Nathan Brown's talking about at the moment when it comes to his football team. He's had enough. You know, He's considered to be a developmental coach. He came in and, and, and rebuilt an absolute dumpster fire at the Newcastle Knights. You know, things weren't as bad at the New Zealand Warriors when he took that job, but obviously he's brought a lot of new players to the club, a lot of younger players, and he came out and he's really put a statement to the team to say, look, this is no longer a developmental club. We've got to win football games. We've got to stop losing narrow performances. We've got to stop you know, fading in and out of games and just some of their defense, in particular in and around the ruck. It's just, again, it's not up to NRL standards. So, again, anyway, I see a big bounce-back performance from both of these teams, but for me, I cannot tip the West Tigers without Jackson Hastings. I think he's been outstanding. Um, I think that's that one shining light for the Tigers. I'm going to go with the Warriors here to win away um, in that one. All right, let's move through now to another blockbuster clash to round out Friday Night Football, and that is the South Sydney Rabbitohs coming up against the Sydney Roosters. You know, I guess the Sydney Roosters losing in that first round against the Newcastle Knights, that was a bit of a shock. But what was not a shock was their rebound performance in Round 2. We predicted it. We spoke about it. You you don't necessarily have to... you know, it, It wasn't necessarily a Trent Robinson spray because this club has the highest standards. And when you think about the players on that team, you think about James Tedesco, you think about Luke Keary, you think about Jared Weary Hargraves, you think about some of the messaging that would have come from those senior leaders in that playing group. They would have been read the right act in terms of what's acceptable and what's not. And they really bounce back in an impressive way. Um, you know, they're still... I guess my only concern with the Bruce is they're still battling a, a few different injuries in particular in and around that dummy half roll, which is a little bit problematic. But, um, you know, one of the things I did say was that the, the Kiri and Sam Walker combination, it's going to take time. It looked very, very clunky at the start of the season. It's starting to improve already. And that is a scary thought. Where is the Luke Kiri and Sam Walker combination going to be? 20 games from now. It's look, it's a terrifying prospect. And that's a lot of the reason why a lot of pundits had them uh, challenging for the title. So look, things are starting to improve there for the Roosters, but again, they come up against an interesting South Sydney Rabbitohs team where, you know, all eyes will be on, well, on their spine. You know, I think, a lot of sympathy has gone... Well, a lot of criticism has gone their way because of the Adam Reynolds story. We get it. It's been spoken about a million times. He's gone. Let it go. He's gone to Brisbane. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of pressure on young on that young half back in, in Lachlan Ilias. But one of the things we need to do is, I guess we need to stop, be, stop being so sympathetic because you think about the remainder of this spine. Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Damian Cook. They've got Cam Murray there as a skipper. I mean... Yes, Adam Reynolds gone, but if you just look at this team on paper, Lachlan ilias he's a good young um, playmaker. You know, if you invest in him, I'm sure the best football's ahead of him over the next couple of years. But, you yeah, know, realistically, what are we looking for in this game? We're looking for, for Cody Walker to really take control and really show, I, I guess, all he's really got to try and deliver is some of the performances we saw last year. Because outside of Tom Trevojevic, he was the best on the field. So... Again, I, I'm just waiting for this this uh, this one performance where Cody Walker explodes. Could this be the week? I think so. When it comes to Latrell Mitchell, you know, it's very interesting. Look, they do have to sort out this goal-kicking situation. Again, we poke fun of them for losing Adam Reynolds. But again, you've had all off-season to try and figure this out. And at the end of the day, when you compete in the National Rugby League competition, you have to have a kicker that kicks at a high rate. It's just, you know, Latrell... He obviously saved the day with that unbelievable uh, two-point field goal, but um, anyway, you know the the Rabbitohs they really need to look at their 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 goal conversions because that is going to cost them games this year. When it comes to Latrell, typical Latrell starts of the season, he's warming into the task. You know, one of the things, oh, you know, I've heard a few uh, you know legends come out. I think uh, Greg Alexander come out during the week and just said, look, he just doesn't quite look fit. I I'm, I'm in the same camp. I I just feel like I just wonder, you know. You see the performances of, the, of Luttrell come origin time. You know, I'm sure it's going to be the same where, you know, about mid-year he'll be in match fitness and he's going to, you know, absolutely start towards the back end. I, I think that's the same. But, you know, I just feel like, you know, it's getting to the point in his career where Luttrell really, he, you know, he really needs to be exploding at the start of the seasons. Didn't look fit to me. You know, was struggling. Doesn't quite have match fitness. Um, he's going to have to get that together. So for me, Luttrell Mitchell's really going to have to turn this around. Roosters, Rabidos, difficult one. Look, I'm going to go the Roosters. I just feel like they're starting to look a little bit more smooth in attack. Kiri, Walker, I love how that's starting to come together. And then Tedesco, we have not seen the best of him either. So which star player will step up, will determine which team wins his football team. But I think Tedesco's got a couple of tries in him in this one. I'm going to go with the Roosters. All right, let's tune in to probably one of the games of the round, and that is the Penrith Panthers take on the Newcastle Knights. Guys, this is the clash of the titans. This is the uh, this is this is the battle for first place. Really interesting to see the way in which the Newcastle Knights have played. They are out and out um, outsiders coming into this one. Uh, gamble responsibly. I think they'd be paying four or five dollars up against the mighty uh, Penrith Panthers. But look, what I would say is that they're a, they're a fighter's chance um, because they're a puncher's chance because again, there's still no Nathan Cleary, Sean O'Sullivan. Um, You know, again, the Penrith Panthers knew that Nathan Cleary wouldn't start the season. Sean O'Sutherland, he's been training their offseason. He looks great. But I just wonder where there's ever going to be a moment where the game gets really, really tight, people shut down, you know, the, the opposition shut down Jerome Luai, and where we start to see... The Penrith Panthers miss Nathan Cleary. It's going to happen. You know, is it this clash? It's going to be really interesting to see for the Newcastle Knights. Well, look, we don't know at the time of this recording um, who's in, who's out. But obviously, the fitness of Kalen Ponga. um, You know, it's going to be it's going to be super important in this one. But you know, again, they play a very very simple game of football. Jake Clifford, Adam Clune, they've been outstanding. They're really happy to get into the contest. And, you know, one of the things that I do like about this Adam O'Brien, and, hey, give Joey Johns a little bit of credit as well, is they're starting to eliminate some of the errors out of their game. You know, they're not giving silly opportunities away to the opposition. I guess if the Penrith Panthers want to win this football game, they're going to have to take it to the Newcastle Knights because no longer are the Knights just going to give away a game. So, look... I think this is going to be closer than ever. Of course, this is going to be my underdog tip of the week. The Newcastle Knights to continue to shock the competition as they beat the Penrith Panthers. Uh, A last-minute field goal from Jay Clifford. Let's lock that one in. All right, let's move through now to Saturday. Uh, Canberra Raiders at home against the Gold Coast Titans. Oh, look, it's an interesting situation at the Raiders. You can't help but think only a couple of years ago are in that grand final, you know, they were going to be that staple top four team for years to come. But again, it's, you know, it's a challenging situation there where, you know, there's just so much inconsistency in the way in which they play football. Everything I said about the Newcastle Knights in, in terms of playing at a high completion, you know, being really disciplined when it comes to comes to penalties, that is completely the opposite for, for the Canberra Raiders. You know, they're playing... And playing West Tigers football at the moment. You know, they're beating themselves. Too many errors, too many drop balls, too many penalties. Um, and they're still looking a little bit clunky in attack. And their defense looks suspect at times. So, for me, there is just so much inconsistency in the Canberra Raiders. But, you know, one of the things that I think is really important is to, you know, look towards the coaching. I think Ricky Stewart will be able to turn this around because, you know, he just doesn't let his senior players correct things. He, you know, you talk about a spray. And I think Ricky Stewart, he would have laid down the law this year. They're going to want to re, you know, to reestablish themselves as a powerhouse at home in Canberra. You know, the key to the Canberra Raiders playing finals football is they need to be winning games at Canberra. That was once a fortress. It was that in recent years. They've really got to return to that. So, look, the Gold Coast Titans rolling into town. The Canberra Raiders need to win this one. You know, in in terms of some uh, in terms of some things to keep an eye on. I thought Jack Whiten um, has been quite impressive um, so far. He looks rock hard fit. Um, it's a credit to the work that he's put in, and um, yeah, he started the season really, really strong. Um, but again, you know, I, I think that you know the loss of uh, Jamal Fogarty coming to the club, you know, that's a big one. But um, yeah, Raiders—they're going to be very, very keen to uh, keen to win this one. Look out for Josh Papali'i as he um, looks to win the middle. We flip it over now, and we take a look at the Gold Coast Titans, and wow, 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 AJ Brimson. You know, where does he sit in terms of stars in the competition? Because Look, I'm a little bit Newcastle bias. So you think about Caitlin Ponga, you immediately go to the Penrith Panthers, and you go through their roster, the Melbourne Storm. But AJ Brimson, you know, I guess you know he he's played um, Origin. He started Origin level at such a young age. I mean, he's an out-and-out superstar. He's a star of our game. The challenge for him is obviously injuries, staying fit, staying on the park, but. Look, that you know the way in which the Titans are playing at the moment. Any time AJ uh, Brimson is on the football field, there there a fighters chance. Um, Greg Marshu, um on the wing as well. He's a bit of a throwback winger. Um, you know, there's no step, <laughs> there's nothing too fancy. Um, you know, just give him an early ball, give him an opportunity, and he's going to run over his his he's opposition winger. So love the way in which he's playing um, at the moment. But yeah, AJ Brimson, the way in which he sort of returned, I thought that was um, I thought that was really really impressive. And Toby Sexton again. When we spoke about off-season narratives, there was a lot of pressure on Toby. Um, look, I thought he's been playing really, really well. And again, you know, you've got to be kind to these young playmakers. They're going to be playing their best football at 28, 29, 30 years of age. So give this guy a few years in that system. And, yeah, the Titans could have found someone um, pretty special. Um, Jaden Campbell doing his thing. And, look, Tino faso Malawi as a captain. Was it a bold choice? I kind of think it was. You know, I, I thought A.J. Brimson would probably be a lock um, as the captain there, but um, you know, they just saw all of the intangibles that we probably don't see, um, you know, from Tino, you know, coming in from the Melbourne Storm system. And, you know, it's just, you know, you you don't hear a bad word spoken about Tino. You know, we'll talk about David Fafita. He's still got, you know, the branding of floating in and out of games. He's still trying to figure out the best way of, of sort of getting the best out of him, I guess. But, you know, Tino, you know exactly what you're going to get, and um, great locker room guy, great leader. So, Look, yeah, credit to the Gold Coast Titans. They took a massive chance on Tino. They, they put a huge contract in front of him to get him out of Melbourne before he really exploded onto the scene. So, look, they took the risk. It's paid off. Um, yeah, congratulations to the Titans. Wow, in terms of predicting this game, this is going to be very, very difficult. How do the Raiders not win at home? But, look, I was just really, really impressed with the way in which AJ Brimson's going about his football at the moment. I'm going to go with the uh, the Titans in an upset. All right, let's move forward now to the last two remaining games, and it is the Queensland uh, derby as we see the Brisbane Broncos take on the North Queensland Cowboys. You know, I you know before the slide of the Brisbane Broncos, um, you know that you know probably the year before I predicted them as being a potential sleeper in the competition because I'm looking at their roster and I'm thinking there is just so much young talent in this football team. They could be anything, but. I think, you know, they were just a little bit too impatient. They got rid of too many veteran players. The coaching scenarios, we've heard all of that. But I guess they're kind of benefiting from a lot of the pain and suffering that they've been through over the past couple of years. You know, guys like Carrigan, Farnworth, Katoni Staggs, um, you know, these guys have sort of, you know, you know Jake Turpin, um, you know, Pat Carrigan, as I spoke about, Jordan Ricky, these guys, they've been their, their feet's been put to the fire. They've probably played a little bit more football than what you would have expected at such a young age. So I guess they're developing a little bit ahead of schedule, which is putting them in a really good position. Having Adam Reynolds come in, divide, slow things down is really impressive. Are they playing their best football? I don't think so. Fast forward 10, 12 weeks' time, I think we'll see the best out of the Brisbane Broncos. But they're really competitive, and they're giving their fans hope. You know, this does look like a potential finals contender. Can they break into the top eight this year? It will be really interesting to see. Uh, in terms of the North Queensland Cowboys, look a little bit of love here for the North Queensland Cowboys. It's been a little bit of a an interesting start. Um, ugly, I guess, is the word for it in terms of some of those victories so far. Um, but again, they're finding ways to win football games. Um, Hamaso, he the hammer. You know, he's finding ways to inject himself into the game. He's not heavily reliant on his playmakers, um, so I think that's really good signs. You know. That's exactly what Todd Payton's going to be speaking about. He's going to be um, telling Hammer at every opportunity inject yourself into this football game because he is an absolute game breaker. Um, I thought Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend. I thought their combinations really coming together. The yin and the yang of that, I think, is really effective. Tommy Dearden, he's just running the football, and I and I think that's you know that's great for a young playmaker because you know he can add more things to his game as the season progresses. But at the moment. You know that the tip sheet on uh, on did, and he's 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 going to run first, and uh, you know he's quite quick. Chad Townsend, veteran player, settling things down. Um, you know, really impressed with the way in which Chad's going about his business at the moment. You know all of the all of the drama in around Jason Tamalolo. It's uh, you know look, it's interesting to watch, it's an interesting narrative. But you know what excites me about the Titans is watching some of their younger forwards come through. Um, you know Nani. Um, you know uh, you know obviously Mitchell Dunn getting that injury is disappointing. Um, Lukey, They've got they've got a few really good young players coming through. All right, who's going to win the Queensland derby? Oh, look, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to go an upset here. I'm going to go the Gold Coast Titans. I think Hamaso, he's got a he's got a two-try performance in him. I still think we haven't seen the best of their outside backs. I've got the Cowboys here in an upset. All right, and to round off the round, we see the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Wow, 16th. It's been tough going for Manly coming up against the Canterbury Bulldogs. Look, you know the the Canterbury Bulldogs are going to be going into this game as heavy underdogs, but you know Manly they just they're so sleepy at the start of the season. It's really interesting to see how there's different coach uh, different coaching ideologies um, at play at the moment. You know, some coaches are desperate to bank those early performances, but as we saw last year, Manly started the season zero and four. They've started half asleep this year. I think there does come a point where they've probably got to show a little bit of football though. So. Look for me. We won't dwell on this one too much because I think Manly they're primed for a bounce back. Canterbury they're showing some improved um, some improvements within their squad. Some of their new signings, um, you know, they're starting to show that um, you know they're 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 on the right path. But for me, way too much pressure on Matt Burton. They've got to find ways in which they can better support him and again just be a little bit more ruthless when they get into good ball. You know, getting held up over the line, they've just got to convert their opportunities. So if there comes a day where the Bulldogs can convert their opportunities, they'll come close against Manly. But for me, yeah, I've got to go with the Manly Ringus Eagles. All right, guys, thanks for bearing with me. I love these one-on-one episodes. They're great. I could talk about Rugby League all day, but I really do appreciate you guys sticking with us as we continue to um, provide two episodes each and every week for NRL. Um, don't, Don't worry. Our full panel is back next week to talk all things Rugby League. We cannot wait. To our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. It is you that is helping us build the Mojo Sports Network. Continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next week, I'll catch you then.